the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Tuesday, and let me just say this. It ain't summer anymore. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not summer anymore. I've got my, my hoodie on today. I've got another shirt under my hoodie. It was chilly. It was chilly out in the parking lot here at the, uh, the station today. We're at the highest point in Little Rock, where we're at, in the, uh, the Tower West, uh, next to the... Um, Catholic Boys School, and the wind always blows here. I feel like I'm back home where I grew up at outside of Chicago working here because the wind is always howling up here, and it was howling this morning, and uh, it, it was cold out. It was uh, 38 degrees, at least by my thermometer on my car. You know, take that for what it's worth. But I got to think that the wind chill had to be, would you think that was in the low, low 30s, uh Heidi? Yeah, Heidi's shaking her head. Yeah, it felt like it when I walked out. It was up. cold. I know that. And it's going to be colder tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, freeze warning uh, for us here. Earliest freeze warning we've ever had. Uh, Linda told me last night that some places up on the plains, they were expecting a blizzard up there right, already. <laughs> I'm thinking we may going to have a a fun winter this year. We, we've had some really kind of laid-back winters the last few years. Maybe it's time to have one of those cold and snowy <laughs> kind of winters so that we can kill off all the bugs. Yeah, they need to die. <laughs> we can get rid of them. That's the way it always goes. Simone's here. Of course, she joins me on Tuesdays. We're glad to have her back into the studio as well. Let's talk about real life here and things that you're dealing with things that you're talking about uh, around the dinner table inflation has taken an average and i went to my life group sunday night with my church and the number one topic people were talking about was conway and the big fight going on over there about the the whole transsexual stuff in in the school and number two, this right here, their retirement. A lot of the people that I go to my uh, life group with are retired already. Well, inflation has taken an average of 25%. That's at least $2.1 trillion off the 401ks of American workers 
despite President Joe Biden's assistance Sunday that the economy is as strong as hell. Yeah, it's roaring. Yeah, and I ain't going to take it anymore is the way I feel about it, all right? I'm just telling you. The analysis done by uh, Stephen Moore, E.J. Antoni, who said that the balance of Americans' 401ks will, quote, ruin your whole day, week, and month, unquote. They argued that over the past 20 months, the average American family has lost nearly $6,000 in purchasing power due to the rise in prices over wages. The average American 401k plan has lost a colossal $34,000 in value. Now, this is remind, This reminds me of what happened during the Obama administration. Do you remember when we had this problem with the Obama administration? Yeah. I lost $46,000 in my retirement account. That put a, a, a kibosh on me thinking about getting out before I was 70. Easy. All right. All right? I, had, I knew I was going to work for a long time. In fact, I had a talk with my uh, GM uh, a few days ago, and he says, Dave, how long do you want to keep doing this? You know, everybody asks me that question, and I always tell people I love what I do, right. so it doesn't bother me. And I said, you know, John, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to do a show one day and then get off the air and then fall on the floor dead. <laughs> I'd, like to live, I'd like to work until the day I die. Be honest with you. I, I really do. I, I just got that kind of a, of a push inside of me. Thank you, Dad. I appreciate that yes. you, you raised me that way. But anyway, you've lost a colossal $34,000 in value, more than 20%, uh, 25% of where it was a year ago, to this total of $2.1 trillion overall. Congressman Andy Biggs says that the average American's 401k has plummeted uh, by this 34k under Biden, but he doesn't care. He'll just keep munching on his ice cream cones. Yeah, that's what he'll do. I mean, he he, he doesn't. He really. They don't care. I don't know how long I got to keep repeating this uh, about Democrats. They don't care. It's not just like they're clueless. They really don't care. Yeah, they don't care. It's all about all of this feel-good crap that they got going on there. They got their pronouns and all of that. That's what they're they're worried about. And it's not for the people that they're that they're doing it on. It has nothing to do with that either. It's about power. It's about controlling your life. That's what uh, they're doing as far as that's concerned. Daily Wire reporting, folks with pension plans are not safe from economic havoc. Uh, U.S. pensions has fallen 15% to $24 trillion in assets, wiping out two years' worth of gains. Unless the losses are recouped, the pension plans will either need a taxpayer bailout wow. or reduce the benefits for the retirees. I can tell you how it's going to work. If you're a retiree, you're going to lose money. If you're a taxpayer, you're going to lose money because right. they're going to take it from both of you. That's the way that they, they carry on. So this is not good. We've been t- I've been telling you. We've been discussing it. We've had economists on. We've talked about this. This is just a start, folks. The recession's not even here yet. <laughs> you know, it or if it is, it's not has not gotten deeply ingrained all the way across the economy. When it does that, 
then it's going to get ugly. Get ready for a repeat of Carter. It's going to be Carter 2.0. The only good thing we got from Carter was Ronald Reagan. Right. That was it. And the only thing that we might be able to get out good out of this is Trump or DeSantis. Yeah. Or if we're lucky, maybe they'll run together and we'll get both of them. That's what I'm hoping for. That would be interesting. But uh, anyway, uh, this is not. I'm sorry I wake you up in the morning and I'm giving you this terrible news. I really am. But it, it is what it is. Uh, I hope that you've been paying attention to your, your nest egg and uh, listening to what some of the people have been saying, telling you you, got, you need to get 15% precious metals in your nest egg. Uh, and that doesn't mean you've got to add 15%. It means take what you have and take 15% of it and put it into precious metals right. so it'll be protected. And uh, you need to talk like to David Lucas or people like that and get it all taken care of. All right, time for our first break. Let's get that for you. Then we'll come back, talk more. Let's talk about some way of, of, of saving money. And and that's with my, my buddy, uh, Pat Davis. Been talking about Pat Davis now for several years. Uh, save your money on your, your, uh, your health insurance. Uh, let Pat Davis help you, you know, go to war with those deductibles that are out there and cut them down to size because let's face it if you got health insurance and your deductible is like eight ten twelve thousand dollars you know you're not you're not going to scratch your health insurance until you get through that deductible that's a lot of money that you got to pay up front so do some things that will save you some money like 50 or 30 percent of the money from your your health insurance by talking to pat davis he'll help you out with that it's the perfect health plan if you're self-employed it's a health plan for conservatives because you can kind of have a little bit of a smorgasbord you know if you're a guy you don't have to worry about you know having some kind of a of a, of a maternity leave if you're not married and your wife's going to have a baby or 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 looking you're thinking about having a family if you're not thinking about all that you're not going to do it in fact if you're past that age then uh, i mean unless you're abraham and sarah just know that that <laughs> you basically want to uh, you know not have that kind of coverage save you a lot of money it's actual insurance not a share plan you can use any provider in the nation there's no co-pays those will be gone you won't have to pay a dime when you go see your doctor in fact after you have a medical procedure or whatever, you may get a check back from your doctor or for from the hospital. It's a great opportunity. That's Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. I've got to tell you, I, I saw something early this morning. I, I had to read it three times <laughs> to believe what I was reading. We know what's been going on over in Conway and the, and the battle there uh, about uh, transgender uh, kids and uh, not letting boys use girls' bathrooms, that it, you go by your biological sex, and that's wh- what bathroom you use. And they're going to try to put these kids in, in rooms uh, when there's overnight travel or whatever uh, that, uh, you know, they have their own room or i don't know if there's another transgendered kid or whatever i guess maybe you share but uh 
if you're a boy and identify as a girl, you don't stay overnight with a girl. And why is that? Why, why are they doing that? Well, I think that it goes a long way when you hear stories like this. There's this guy. He is, uh, I don't have the story right in front of me. I'll get where, it's, <laughs> where it happened at. But he's out talking uh, to uh, people on, I don't know if it's TikTok or it's one of the, uh, the websites, about, you know, what it's like becoming a woman. <laughs> and and he's, a, he's a, a transgender male. He's a male who thinks he's a girl. And he's talking during this presentation, and he says, I haven't had surgery yet. I still have my – now, catch this. This is – I swear to you, <laughs> this is what he said. I have a Barbie sack. Yeah, that took me a second. A Barbie sack. <laughs> I want you to think about how insane our society has become. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean – that's the first thing that came to my mind. And it's the first thing that came to a lot of people who were watching this TikTok video or whatever because they attacked him about the Barbie sack. What the heck is that all about? Right. I mean, people say anything now and people buy into it. Well, now, they're so, a scared lot of people not to. don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're afraid not to. If they speak against it for many, uh, many reasons, uh, they get attacked. Right. Bill Maher has been talking about this for, uh, for months now on uh, his real-time program on HBO. Uh, this cancel culture, these idiots that are out there and won't, won't let you speak. This all started uh, several years ago when conservative uh, – Talkers would go to college campuses, and the kids would stand up and shout them down. Right, and wouldn't, and they try to talk, but nobody could hear them. They were screaming and hollering. They didn't. They don't believe in free speech. The only speech they believe in is the speech they agree with. And they don't even know what they agree with half the time. It's all talking points. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I will let you know, and when it happens, I'll tell you the day it's going to happen. I've got a group coming on that is called Gays Against Gender Reassignment. They're going to come on and talk about it. And we're going to have, I know, at least one, maybe two people who changed their gender now wish they'd never done it and the problems that they went through. So um, that will, when that happens, I'll let you know. And uh, we'll talk about it. As you know, there's a court case going on right now here in Little Rock dealing with this. We have a law in the state that says you can't be doing gender assignment surgery on a, on anybody under 18 years of old. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's I think you should you should be able. Yeah, boy, that's a that's a term that's not. <laughs> in their vocabulary that's not even even close to their lexicon and that's reasonable i think it's reasonable uh to talk about uh not changing somebody's gender that will last forever or you know if you're i've seen guys that have had gender reassignment surgery and and they've gone back to identifying as a guy which they were and if if an archaeologist had dug them up after 100 years after they've been buried they'd said it was a male but they've you know they've had their plumbing exchanged 
And, it, and now they wish that they never did it. And they did it young. And they got puberty blockers. They don't have any idea what that stuff really does. No, it's not made for that. That wasn't what it was intended for. Plus, there's no long-term studies on it. No. You don't know what that's going What Are these kids, some of them going to have cancers, you know, here uh, 20 years down the line? You well, know, making, they don't have any of that kind of uh, of medical knowledge yet. And making, like, life-altering permanent decisions at a young age. I'm really glad that I don't have to go by some of the things that I went by as a, as a young child. Did you want to be a princess? Not particularly a no. princess. What did you want to be? I wanted to be an artiste. Oh, an artiste. And a veterinarian. Okay, so did you like Van Gogh when you were growing up? Did you think, like, Starry Nights was a cool picture and stuff? I thought all of it was cool, just Okay, so you, you maybe you wanted your ear cut off? Right, right. You know, so, I'm, I'm just saying, I want people to think about that for just a moment. I mean, moment. it's life-altering, and it's forever, not a whim, not a teenage whim. I, I loved that piece that I played this several months ago. Well, Bill Maher said, I'm glad my parents didn't listen to me and knew I wanted to be a pirate and didn't take me to get a peg leg and, a, and an eye patch. Right. I mean, think about that. Uh, kids, kids, I, I talked to my grandson yesterday. He was beside himself. He had his Halloween costume. Oh, I bet. All right, so he's excited. He's going to see, you know, he's he's talking to me. He says, Pop, I'll be back in a min- in a few minutes. And he, he leaves the phone just sitting on the, on the floor because he had it on the floor and was looking at it and talking to me. And we were talking back and forth. And he's going to be Venom. Oh, that should be fun. So he's all decked out as Venom, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm laughing. I don't know if that's a cloth costume or some kind of a plastic, but I'm going to say it's real shiny and stuff. Yeah. Gonna, I think it's um, some kind of, of plastic that really, he looked like Venom. Yeah. It looked like a little mini-me. <laughs> and it was it was hilarious, and he was so excited. Well, he don't want to really be Venom. He thinks he does right now. He thinks right. it's cool. He can pretend to be Venom. Uh, but, you know, he's being a symbiote or whatever, uh, that's kind of cool. But it's not something that you want to be forever. No. All right. And that's a, that's the thing that everybody needs to get through their heads. It amazes me. I'm going to talk straight at you right now. All right. It amazes me. Parents. Parents take a three-year-old and go go in with a girl and tell them they, the, to the doctor, I want you to give them breast augmentation say what what is wrong with you right you shouldn't be a parent no i have two boys and i can't wrap my head around just the parents and them themselves going through with this yeah. i mean let alone a child Chemical castration right what the crap is wrong with people and there's got to be something wrong with them who else would you yeah. do that that's child abuse i i think it is yeah. and i'm sure hoping that moody sees that is the way it is and just says look yeah there's there's a reasonable decision here that this person this child who is a person mm-hmm. all right they are an individual and uh, maybe they're saying things right now that I I like, uh, you know, I, I want to be a girl. Dress me up like a girl or whatever. Doesn't mean they really want to be a girl. They, they, they're going to go through a million different things. Makes sense to me. You wait till they're an adult and let them make the decision then. Right. 
I I just don't get the parents that go along with it. That's the hardest thing for me. Not only go along with it, but it's parents that are bringing encouraging it. Yeah, bringing lawsuits against the state of Arkansas about this. You know, I mean, I just you should see me sometimes here in the studio. You would see the disgust on my face when I talk about some of this stuff. But then you see the sadness that that comes on afterwards because I'm so sad for these kids. Well, what kind of twisted thought process are, are the parents did they go through in the first place to even get to the point where they could go there? You know, to I, that. I agree. I mean, I I know for a fact that in Cabot, some parents went to uh, a higher up in the, the school system and wanted wanted a, a litter box. <laughs> Because their child identifies as a cat. Now, that this went on at the Math and Sciences School down in Hot Springs a couple, maybe it was last year. But there's, you know, kids walking around. Now, I'm going to tell you a lot of the kids that are, were doing it were doing it because it got them attention. Right. You know, they're walking around licking their hands and, you know, cleaning themselves and that kind of stuff. I don't think they wanted to go to the restroom and instead of using a stall, wanted a litter box there right. for themselves. But there were some kids asking for it. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if they gave them one or not. I'm just telling you. Clumping I've, litter or not? I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, is it a self-cleaning system? I don't know that <laughs> either. But the bottom line is there are people doing that stuff. Back with you. Uh, don't forget about PI Roofing. I've been talking about this, this uh, change of how I want you to view uh, PI Roofing. I just talked to them yesterday. They're, they're into uh, construction uh, now for your house, work that you might need around your house and things of that nature. I need my, um, my deck repaired. And I called yesterday, and I have a 10 o'clock appointment Monday morning for them to come out, take a look at it, and tell me what it's going to run. And I want two, two different... Uh, um, issues addressed. One, how much is it going to cost to repair my uh, uh, my deck with uh, pressure treated, chemically treated lumber? All right, that's supposed to to last a while. And then the uh, other, what will it take if I want to use that stuff that looks like lumber but it's not wood? All right, so I I want to know if if it looks like it's going to be Worth if it's not too much more, then I'll go with uh, option two. But if it's like really more expensive, it's going to be option one, and uh, I'll do it that way. And and look, I I don't know how much longer I'm going to live and stuff, but I'd like to have my deck be in decent shape, and we'll treat the you know we'll uh, we'll paint the deck with the necessary products to protect it and things of that nature. I put the deck in about. 12, 13 years ago, so, wow. you know, time for me to, you know, it's it's going to rot. I mean, it's wood. It's going to, sooner or later, it becomes no good. So I'm, I'm turning to PI Roofing now. PI Roofing, when we've talked about them for years here, I mean, for 23 years we've talked about them, and it's always been about roofing because they're the best roofing company around. And uh, now they're expanding, and it's PI Roofing and, um, you know, home uh, solutions is what they, they are now. See, I'll, sh- I'll show you this. I got a sign that I 
put in the studio. See, well, that's an old one. I don't have the new one. I got to get the new one, but it says Home Solutions on it. And that's how they want to th- want you to think about them. You need construction, they'll do that. Maybe you need uh, gutters, they'll do that. They'll do windows for you. All of that can be done by the good and folks and the, the great professionals at PI Roofing. All you have to do is call them, 501-707-3115, or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, I found that story. All right. I can give you the story. I'm going to read the story to you. This is what I read early this morning. I'm going to tell you, I read this at about 4.15 this morning. And I, I, had to go, I had to go pour another cup of coffee to make sure that my mind wasn't fogged up and that I wasn't reading this wrong. Simone, here, here it is for you. A beauty giant, Ultra, has faced calls for a boycott after inviting a controversial transgender influencer on a podcast about girlhood. Ultra Beauty, which has more than 1,200 salons across the country, was slammed by women for hosting Dylan Mulvaney on the joy of girlhood. This is a guy, all right, talking about the joy of girlhood. The firm had tried to showcase the diversity of women that used the the brand, but the clip was quickly seized on by customers for this controversial clip. They slammed Mulvaney for describing, and this is is what I hate about these kinds of articles. It does not say his genitals. It says her genitals. He's not a her. No. He's a he, all right? Or back in the day, we'd said a he/she. All right? right, but the bottom line, he—he's—he's he's a he. But they say her, her genitals as a Barbie pouch, and also took exception to the previous chat of buying tampons. Now I don't even want to know what? where he inserts it. Right. All right. I'm just saying. And it can't be that comfortable. Um, yeah, I wouldn't think so. Mulvaney has been accused of woman face. Now, this is a new. This is a. <laughs> this That's is a, good a brand one. new uh, term. You've heard of blackface, right? And and uh, black people hate it, and I don't blame them. So, where white people put blackface on right. and. Go do the, the old minstrel thing and pretend like they're black. Amos and, and Andy. Yeah, and get crazy on that kind of stuff. But anyway, they, uh, they call it woman face by some feminists now <laughs> uh, who claim she is play acting the parts of a woman she enjoys. Now, understand something. Uh, the lady who wrote the Harry Potter books. Right. This is the kind of stuff she attacks. And... The transgender people attack her yeah, unmercifully. Her. All right, they're after her all the frickin' time. Right, saying that uh, she's—it's terrible that she does that. Because here's what she said that started it: being a woman is not a Halloween costume. No, and that's what I was thinking earlier when we were talking about Halloween costumes. Is uh, I'd like to throw some female experiences in there for the man to have that would like to be a woman. <laughs> anyway, he says uh, the feminist says he's play acting the parts of a woman she enjoys. She, it's a he, 
and uh, with none of the misogyny faced by females on a day-to-day basis. Tim Poole on his Twitter account said, two males doing a podcast called The Joy of Girlhood is the definition of mansplaining. Right. (laughs) That's true. And maybe maybe this guy someday will be a Supreme Court justice. Maybe. Could be. I'm just saying that he he might be. It's coming. And then he can sit in front of him and explain that he has a Barbie pouch. A Barbie pouch. Anyway. It's it's first for time ultra. I've heard that term. And if you'll remember a couple of years ago, I came under the evil eye of the transgender people uh, when I had a person who worked closely with me by the name of Al Emmons, who I have uh, the utmost respect for. She's been she's been part of my show from time to time over many years, and she had her own show here at the station that she paid for to do on on a saturday and she posted on her facebook a picture and it was from ultra and it was of a guy that was a salesperson there in a dress with a full grown beard and all she said that brought down the wrath of the transgender people were was uh do you expect me to buy my uh makeup from this person right and you would have thought that the sky was falling for the, the transgender community. Folks, I'm sorry. I understand what you think, but what you think ain't even close to what the majority of Americans think. No. Not close. I can't stand even seeing within, makeup and a beard. Even with the, <laughs> even with the LGBTQ community, it's not a given that they agree to it. No. In fact, I'm going to have some books on that are going to talk about how they don't agree with it because they think that it it, uh, it it throws mud on them. Yeah, it does, and it causes stereotypes and, and uh, actually reinforces stereotypes of things that they wouldn't want on their back. So anyway, we start off with a couple of stories today, how bad your 401k is, and that there's people that are out there walking around with Barbie you know, stacks. I, I don't get with it. With a but beard and makeup. Yeah, that's, it's crazy. A Barbie pouch, pardon me, don't let me get it right. Not right. a sack. It is a pouch. Okay. All right. 644 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I just got to say the, the, the Apostle Paul was right in Romans that uh, with some people, they've been turned over to a reprobate mind. Yes. And that right is wrong and wrong is right. Good is evil and evil is good in their thought process. So Dave Ellswick, show a break and then we'll come back and we'll do more here on the, the show. Want to uh, remind you about Hillcrest uh, Jewelry and they're ready to take good care of you. That's Eric Coleman. Eric's a great friend of mine, good conservative guy. Wants you to stop by and visit with him at 3000 Cavanaugh so he can be your jeweler. He doesn't want to just be your jeweler and sell you a piece of jewelry, all right? He doesn't want you just to come in and, and look in his display cases and sell you something. No. If you bought something, he liked that. I'm not going to you know, lie to you about that. Uh, maybe you want a unique creation. He can do that. He's really good at it, very, very good at it. He has been in the jewelry forever, 40 years and more. And uh, when he looks at a stone, uh, he looks at it as, what can I make that into a piece of art? 
All right, and and he does it, and it's amazing. I've got I have got to get over this week and talk to him because I I want to buy uh, for my wife and I. I want to get uh, both of the stars of David, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the star of David, I want to put the cross, which is uh, of course um, a nod and a belief of mine that uh, since Jesus was a Jew and that you know Christians are are uh, of course. Uh, part of the jewish religion now because we are saved by uh, by christ that uh, i i embrace uh, the hebraic belief system along with the christian belief system so and uh, we'll talk about that next hour with bible guys but the, it's a big deal now some jews see that and they take offense some jews see that and they say very cool right you know so and some christians see it and don't like it but I'm telling you what, the truth of the matter is, Jesus was a Jew. Okay, so sorry, Eric, I got off on a on a tangent there with her, chasing a rabbit. Call Eric or go by and visit him. In fact, go by and visit him. He wants you to come by and see him and see his, his great uh, layout he's got. It's at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E. He's open Monday through Saturday. 10 to 6, he does it all. He'll repair your jewelry, clean your jewelry, uh, make you a unique uh, creation. you got estate jewelry. He'll tell you how much it's worth. He'll appraise it for you. That's Eric Coleman over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Let's finish up here. i got a poll for you. It makes me feel good, although it makes me wonder about 40% of Americans. Uh, Sixty. A new poll. Uh, this is uh, from a Fox News survey. Sixty percent of Americans view socialism negatively. Majority of uh, positive people, the majority of people who believe in socialism are nuts. No, Democrats. Well, that's kind of synonymous. Right. Oh, that's kind of synonymous with nuts. Okay, so ding, ding, ding. You get it right. I just think and wonder if we were going through millennials. Who are we going towards here? Yeah, well, overall, it's just Democrats. Yeah. That's that's one. It says, uh, uh, asked of two messages voters would send to the federal government, lend me a hand or leave me alone. A majority... Uh, 52% would ask Washington to lend them a hand, up from 44% back in 2021. Uh, The eight-point increase comes mostly from a 19-point jump among Republicans as views among Democrats held steady. Still, Democrats, 69%, are much more likely than Republicans, 38% to say, lend me a hand. Interactive polls, Fox News poll, U.S. moving away from capitalism and more towards socialism could be good thing, 39% or 32% says it's a bad thing. Uh, Katie Pavlich on her uh, town hall uh, column said, but while the polling shows a significant number of Democrats do not agree socialism is a good thing for the country. It also confirms Democrats have, in fact, become the party of socialism as they push for the implementation of big government. And that's, that's what big know. government is. Right. It's socialism. That's how you know America's really changing. It used yeah. to be a source of shame to... 19% change in Republicans' views. Yeah, that's big. That's concerning. It is. Which means I'll really have to keep my eye on the legislature. Because to say that 
they, they'll fight against socialism is not a given. Well, that ought to be a given with an R besides your name. It should. Right. It should be that you're a capitalist. Right. I mean, we move from capitalism to people that are corporatists, yeah. but they still lean towards capitalism. Now they're moving completely away from capitalism towards socialism. I don't know how the views come If you're on. a Republican that does that, you're not part of my tent. Right. I'm just telling you, you're not part of my tent. Tent's not that big. No. No. I mean, I don't know how your views can align in the first place, you know, if you're a Republican. It definitely can't align with... Um, our platform, right. you know, that we that we try to, to live by and govern by, and we give to people for them to take a look at. I'm, I'm digging through my stuff right now. I'm looking for my book I that, has the, that has the platform on it. And where did it go? I never know. People, Other people use the studio, and I'm not saying that they pilfer this stuff. I'm saying they may not agree with it, and it disappears. Yeah, I don't um, have mine. I've seen it happen. All I right. Changed purses. I, this is it hit. Nope, this is the Constitution. They left the Constitution, which loves capitalism. But anyway, bottom line is you can't live by the uh, Republican Party platform if you're a socialist. No. We believe in capitalism. We believe in the innate uh, uh, belief that uh, people should uh, go out and succeed on their own. And it's not for us to pick winners and losers. And that is exactly uh, what socialism does. It picks winners and losers. And we all know that the Democrats do that all the time. And victimhood has just become so naturalized Hmm. to where people don't find it as um, they don't find it shameful anymore. You know, they don't find being a victim. They wear it as a badge of honor anymore. Yeah. Well, Lord have mercy. It's It's amazing really is amazing all right so what is the sleeper issue this election what do you think is the we know that the economy is on everybody's mind we know that uh you know uh, crime is on everybody's mind and rightly so i mean all we got to do is look around here in central arkansas about that so let me ask you what do you think the number three is issue it could be drugs or immigration. Well, immigration is number four. Number three is education. Education. Yeah. Parents of school-aged children will be a big part of this red wave that's coming. Yeah. Just telling you that. Uh, we see a building now. I mean, as we get closer to the election, the uh, percentages between the candidates are growing, and it's growing towards the Republicans and not towards the Democrats. Make no mistake, education's on the ballot coming up here in three weeks. Three weeks from today is Election Day. Yeah, it's close. 24th, early voting here in Arkansas. Voters are looking for someone to hold accountable. Even parents living with the chaos in reopened schools and aware of the collapse of achievement tests over the past two years weren't prepared for Wednesday's news that ATC scores for America's high school graduates had fallen to their lowest point in three decades. An issue most broadcasters tried to avoid is gender dysphoria. Not me. (laughs) I don't avoid it. First, there isn't hard data on the number of children impacted by it. Second, compassion ought to greet any child 
and their parents who are dealing with the condition, cruelty toward any subgroup is always bad. And I agree with all, all three of those things. But you shouldn't be able to perform operations or give kids drugs to change them some way uh, that's going to affect them for the rest of their lives. And they don't have any buy-in on it because they're so young, they don't even understand it. There's a difference between being cruel and then the facts, you know, or, or like going along with some long-term damage to a child. I mean, yeah. there's a difference. Being cruel would be if a school system, if a, if a kid came to school and he's wearing a dress, let's say, and the kids just unmercifully tease them and you do nothing to try to stop it that's being cruel all right that's wrong that should not occur but the bottom line uh of saying you know that we can go in and 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 change their sex at two and three years old no absolutely not i mean it's just leaped and bounded into you know like from like them changing when after you're 18 to now they're coming after your teenagers with propaganda to now the parents you know at two are coming at you when you're a little kid yeah a little child you know don't let your ideology control how you love your child right i mean i mean seriously come on it's it's crazy absolutely crazy all right simone thanks for coming in yeah always a pleasure to have you here Appreciate you doing that. All right, it's Dave Ellswick show. Bible guys are up next, and I'm sure we'll say something that people won't like. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get on here, and I'm going to just tell you we're going we're going to deal with the truth. What we talk about is the truth on this show. It's irrefutable, and you might as well not come on this show and try to tell me it's not. There is truth in the world. It isn't your truth, my truth, their truth. It's the truth or it's not. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll take a break here and uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Bible guys today is the Bible guy. The Bible guy. Billy's here. Steve must have to work. Yep. I noticed that they got they got all of their C-130s back, evidently, at Little Rock Air Force Base uh, from p- deployment uh, because yesterday, in a long time, typically you just see them one or two flying around. Mm-hmm. There were four of them flying around the Air Force yeah. Base yesterday and doing their maneuvers. And they have a device on C-130s. This is not like, shh, don't be talking about it. <laughs> it's not that kind of stuff. All right. But they got computers on the planes that can talk to each other. Sure. What sure. a big surprise, right? And they can set them up in different configurations of how they want those planes to come in. You know, maybe yeah. in a diamond shape or, you know, a cross shape or whatever. 
and it talks to them and it sets them on their courses. And it's kind of cool to be watching them fly because yeah, you'll yeah. see you'll see where they change. They go, they, they they're doing what, and I don't know. Maybe they don't call this call it this anymore. They're doing touch and goes. Yeah, touch and goes are where the, a plane like a C one thirty or or a jet. Now, if you go down to Florida, you're going to see our number one uh, jets in the Navy and in the Air Force flying over the Gulf, and uh, they'll go fly. Uh, from one base and maybe go to Pensacola and then they'll act like they're going to land and they just touch the runway and then they go back up again and fly back like if they're going to the Navy base they'll fly back to the Air Force base so anyway that's what they're doing they're flying around the pilots are getting a lot of training in landing mm-hmm. maybe they're doing things about evasion Yep. Uh, so that they, they know exactly what to do in a wartime scenario Indeed. Best way to keep yourself alive is to practice. There you go. There you go. So that it becomes just second nature. My uh, my instructor always said, "Practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice that's makes exact, perfect." That's but my practice. Makes my permanent. father said that to me. Practice makes permanent. So yeah. yeah, we do it over and over and over and over, so that when you're under stress, it's just it's habit at that point. You just and do what you always do. If so. you're in the infantry, for perhaps, and you want. When you when you really think about it, you want to turn and run the other way. Yep, yep. Uh, you don't. Your training says we got to flank these guys. Right. Here's what we go. We got to do, guys. Remember your training. You hear that a lot. Let's do this. Yep. And so yep. they'll they'll do whatever the maneuvers are. I was watching Braveheart yesterday. I love that movie. I really do. I love it. Yeah, it's it. been a while since I watched it. Someone mentioned it to me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, yeah, it's time to rewatch it. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't watched it from beginning to end. I'm, I'm kind of watching it in pieces, right? But in the first battle with the British, the English, uh, where uh, Wallace leads his men against them, he t- tells the guys in Scotland, Scotland uh, hey, you guys act like you're running away. That's what they expect us to do. Make it look like we're running away. But I want you to ride out to the right and ride until they think that you're leaving. And then I want you to circle back and we're going to flank and we're going to go after the archers. And uh, it's a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great It's a great movie. Yeah, it, it really is. Everybody always talks about the moon scene. Where they, right, they, yeah, they all raise up their kilts, which they oh, didn't even have yeah, kilts yeah, back yeah, then. All right, yeah. but the bottom line is they, they raise their kilts up and they bare their butts to the, to the English. Nobody ever remembers before that what they did when they first came up, and they're all standing there and they start yelling, yeah, start start screaming. They raised the front of their yes, kilts. Up. Yes, they did. <laughs> and I just laughed my butt off when i saw that movie that's the ultimate ultimate up yours you yep. know yep. i loved it yeah i loved it it was it's a great movie it really is if you've not seen it watch it mel gibson has even said that most of the movie is made up yeah yeah but he says what we did is we took a dramatic time in history and we told a story around it yeah uh we do know this though uh was it Le- Leather Shanks, the the king? They call him Leather Shanks. Oh, I, I think it was. Remember. It's because he was so tall. Oh yeah, yeah. He's six two. William Wallace was six five. Yeah. Well, there you go. How there about go. that one? That's huh? a big old boy for yeah, that particular time. For that history. time, yeah, huge. 
Look like Goliath out there. Yeah, yeah. You'd be able to see him in the battle, I'm sure. You know? Yeah, most people don't understand that because of the poor, poorer nutritional um, values that they were getting, the, the, the poor nutrition they were, were receiving, um, that most people throughout history have been much shorter. We, we are getting taller and taller as we go, and our ability to feed ourselves um, gets more and more efficient. We'll see how that goes in the next few years. So Let me just tell you that there's a part in the movie where a nobleman— all right, these noble men are men who own land. Mm-hmm. All right, that's that's the noble. That doesn't mean they were noble people. All right, right, just means that they own land. Uh, if you lived on their land, a law that existed was that if you just got married, it was the right of the nobleman yes. to come and have sex with your wife. Yes, before you consummated the marriage. Correct, and uh, in in certain lands. But, I, certain but lands, I, yeah, but yeah, but I read I read about this because the English. Evidently had that that law, yeah, and that was and by they, and large they never used it. Yeah, yeah, those things happened by and large in <laughs> conquered countries uh-huh. um, because uh, you could then make the case that any child that was born was actually of the people of the conquering nation rather than of, of the uh, original peoples there. So that so was also like what the Romans used to do. Hey, yeah, see how tough we are. Yeah. We can do whatever we want to, yep. Yep. and that's pretty much, you know. Putting putting the face to it right yeah. there. Yeah. It really, really, really is. All right. We talk about this, Billy, all the time. Paul, the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. the disciple Paul. Paul, who irritates Christians sometimes. <laughs> right. I think uh, I think Paul irritates all of us at times. I love times. him. I, I love know, the man. Even, really even Peter said, uh, sometimes Paul's tough to, tough to understand. Yeah, so, he's hard to understand. You know, and here we are um, some 2,000 years later thinking we got it all figured out. So, you know. But it's in the fifth or the seventh chapter where he talks about reprobate minds. Yep. yep People yep. being turned over to reprobate minds. What's a reprobate mind? It's a mind that can't discern what's true and what's false. Yep. Good from evil. And believe anything that they want to. A beauty giant has faced calls for a boycott after inviting a controversial transgender influencer on a podcast about girlhood. Ulta, by the way, I've been calling them ultra, it's not ultra, it's Ulta Beauty. They got more than 1,200 salons across the country. They got slammed here just recently by furious women for hosting Dylan Mulvaney on uh, their podcast called The Joy of Girlhood. Uh, the uh, firm had tried to showcase the diversity of women that use their brand. But the clip was quickly seized on by customers for this controversial clip. They slammed Mulvaney for describing his genitals as a, quote, Barbie pouch, yeah. unquote. And also took exception to his previous chat of buying tampons. Yeah. Mulvaney has been accused of woman face, and I kind of like that name. It yep. goes right along with the whole thing, the concept <clears throat> yep. of blackface, by some feminists who claim that he is play-acting the part of a woman he enjoy. Look, if he thinks he's a woman, he's play-acting the whole thing. Yep. It's not just a little part that he enjoys. It's all of it that he's play-acting. He's not a woman. J.K. Rowling said that said such, and man has taken a beating uh, by the transgender idiots at times. Yep. Where uh, and why? Because she refuses. 
she refuses to uh, concede that a man can be a woman. Yeah. And, and this is, if I were a, let's say, 60-year-old woman, um, how how irritated would I be that I had, or, or maybe even 70, my, my mother's in her 70s at this point, how irritated would I be that you had spent all this time fighting for equality uh, with men and then suddenly begin to have all your achievements given to men. Yeah, that's that's where, <laughs> if, if look, that is not the greatest insult. That's where Billie Jean King is. Yeah. I have fought my entire career, she would tell you, for women to have a fair shake yep. in sports. And now we've got men yep. that are taking it away from us saying that they're women. Yep. Do you not see the idiocy in that? Yeah. W- women's sports, if this if this trend continues, women's sports will essentially disappear. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, there was a there was a similar similar to this. There was a, a similar situation where woman of the year, maybe it was this year, maybe it was last year, I remember, yeah. which was was given to a trans man. Yeah. And it's like you've been a woman, quote unquote, for 14 months. How does that qualify you to be woman of the year? I um, it's, agree. Why? Because you were a man right. and you changed. And you said that you're a woman now? No, I don't buy it. Will not buy it. And again, if I were a woman, I I would be so insulted by the fact that, quote, the best woman for the job is a trans man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would be so insulted. We got that in the military right now. Yeah. All right. A break. We'll talk more. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. The Bible guy's here. Billy's here. Billy Miller. We'll get into more conversations as we talk on the Dave Ellswick Show. 1011 FM, The Answer. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Dave Ellswick, and, uh, you know, we're going to be with you until 8 o'clock with uh, Billy Miller, who is here. He's pastor. Uh, He's over at Agape Church. He preaches on Saturday because he believes in Hebraic Christianity, which I believe in as well. I believe that's the real belief system we should be in. We've all been, uh, you know, What's the word I'm looking for uh, that Paul said? We've all been grafted Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. into the vine of the one true religion, which is Judaism. Yep. Uh, I'm not born into it. I'm grafted into it. I'm not a born uh, Jew, but I'm I'm still got Jewish blood kind of flowing in me. You are a spiritual Jew. That's right. That's why I've got uh, that Israeli flag flying here in my studio. Okay, let me finish this story for you. Again, they're talking about woman face uh, by some feminists against this guy. He said he's got a Barbie pouch because he hasn't gone through transitional surgery or anything. Uh, Tim Poole uh, had a Twitter uh, statement, and I love it. Two males doing a podcast called The Joy of Girlhood is the definition of mansplaining. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's just two it makes guys no telling you women <clears throat> yep. what it how how you are to be a woman. Yep, it's right. ridiculous. It, and well, it is, and it's it's as uh, misogynistic as it gets, right? I mean, you know, uh, you're so bad. It, 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 imagine walking up to a woman and saying you're so bad at everything you do that even being a woman, you're not good enough at. So we're gonna have a man tell you how to be a good woman. That's essentially what's because happening he's a here on the left, woman than you yeah. are, and it just it makes no sense. And, and if they were to come out and say it that way, women would look around and go, "Oh, that's not going to fly." But because they couch it in all these super liberal, friendly, we all have to accept blah 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 terms, um, it's happening. 
And, and it just, unfortunately, it is happening right now. So right. we got about eight minutes to the bottom of the hour. I'd like you to address this. And that is, if you are a Jesus follower, mm-hmm. um, what do you say to somebody who believes in transgenderism? Uh, it depends on the individual and what your relationship. Understand that when we talk about this sort of thing, here, it always depends on the nature well, of the relationship. you've got to have a relationship right. with them. You're uh, not going to just... There I, is there is a guy who um, preaches on the corner in Cabot there by the, uh, uh, there by the police courthouse. Department. Yep. Yeah, I see and, him. And um, I, I, I pray that... I pray for him every time I see him, and I pray that he's doing some good. But the reality of the situation is that... The vast majority of ministry is not done that way because he is standing there hollering He's at people who people. know well at people who who he 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 doesn't know at all, right. and therefore he has no influence with them. Um, when it comes to correcting behavior or ministering to people, the people that we can minister to most are the people who are closest to us. Now, there is a line there. It is hard to minister directly to family. I mean, after all, you grew up with them, and they know all all your warts and where you've buried all the bodies over the yeah. years. But um, it is hard to uh, – you don't change a lot of minds shouting from the rooftop at people who have no vested interest in what you're doing. However, if it's someone you're close to, um, you, remind, you might remind them. Um, the first time I encountered someone – who just told me, well, I was just born that way. My response to them was, and so was I. And they look at you like, oh, you're, you're gay or fill in the blank as well? So no. But what you're dealing with is called sin, and we were all born sinful. This is just the, your expression of sin. It, it is sexual sin that is expressing in a, in a way um, that comes out as this particular um, uh, particular sin, whatever it is, whether it's homosexuality or transsexuality or fill in the blanks. It's Adultery. Just, it's just sin, and it needs right. to be dealt with. All of it needs to be dealt with in the exact same way, which is to take it before the Lord. It just needs to be brought under the blood. Now, that sounds simple, and here's the reality. Um, I've worked with a lot of people who had homosexual tendencies over the years. Um, I say a lot, a handful. I've worked with a handful of people. And the reality is some of them here 20 years later are still struggling with that. But that's the difference. They're struggling with that. They're not giving in. They're not living a homosexual. Right. They're not living a homosexual lifestyle. A a couple of them are uh, are married and have beautiful families and are well-adjusted. But at times they'll tell you, hey, look, no, I still still, – still deal with those attraction feelings sometimes and it's like yeah that's that's called sin we are we are all prone to sin it's just that we are all prone to different types of sin well talk a little bit about this we're talking about the duality of man yep you're talking about the flesh right all right that's you and me walking around every day and we we put on we put on our flesh every day yep and then we have a spiritual side that is a totally different man. And if you know Christ, if, if, if he's given you forgiveness for your sin, you're going to have a war on the spiritual side as well. And Absolutely. It, and it, 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 that, you know, that's what Paul talked about. You know, kind of, woe is me, I hate this. 
I yeah. do things that I think I should do, and then I turn right around and do the things I know I should do not. Right. He flat out says that uh, I, there are things that I wish I would do that I do not do and things that I wish I would not do that I do. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is the very nature of a sinful life. That is the very nature of our sinful nature. Uh, but we are to war against that, not give in. That, that's that, right. And that's the difference. Look, you know, what, what was that old song, um, we fall down but we get back up? Yeah. What's the difference between a sinner and a saint? The sinner, uh, the sinner stayed down, but the saint got back up. Um, we, we all sin. We all fall short. Um, scripture is clear about that. But we don't surrender just because we trip and fall. Mm-hmm. You have to keep on fighting. Yeah, you're in a – and here's what, here's what so many people don't understand. You are in the middle of a cosmic war. Whether you want to be or not. We talked about that on Sunday night at my life group. And I, I mentioned to folks, I said, remember, you know, this, this fight we're having in our country right now uh, is a fight in this time frame. There's a totally different dimension yeah. that's spiritual. And the Bible tells us that we fight against principalities that we can't even see we can feel it i believe we feel it in our spirit but we we were battling it all the time and uh you know that's something to think about there is a war going on yeah and you know that that war is um it's not eternal It, it, it it had a point where it started it had a uh, it, it will have a time when it is going to end, and Christ stands victorious. But meanwhile, just like any war, I mean, we can go back and look at the at wars of the past. Let's look at our own history. Let's look at World War II, the last greatest war in this country. We can go now to the history books and go, well, it started here, and it ended here. Right. Okay, that's great. The But we... Uh, there, I, I suppose there are a few uh, veterans left out there from World War II, but very few. We did not have the benefit, or I, I suppose the other side of benefit, of having to go through that day by day by day by day by day. But that's what you're doing in your life right now. There, the, the history books from God's point of view already show where the war began, where Satan decided to rebel, and where that's going to end. By, your, by the way, your Bible clear, uh, covers that clearly, that eventually Satan is going to be cast down. But you are in the war and living through it day by day by day, which means, guess what? You're constantly under attack. You're constantly under attack. Satan would love nothing more than to claim you, just like any physical enemy would like to claim you in in a battle, would like to claim your life in a battle. Satan desires to claim your soul. He wants to get you out of the battle. Absolutely. That's what he wants to do. And even, even more important than that, you know, there, there's a reason. There's a reason that the military uses small cal- uh, caliber um, rounds. The M16 firing a two two three or isn't or five five six. That's not a big round. It's actually only slightly larger than a twenty two. But why did we do that? Why did we go from the three hundred eight to to the two two three? Because the two two three injures, but generally does not kill unless it hits something really vital or um, hits a lot. Right, or hit you a lot. <laughs> yeah. But what that does, long ago, we discovered that if you'll injure a man, you're taking three men out of the combat, not just one. Okay. Keep your thoughts. Yep. All right. We got to take a break. Bill O'Reilly's ready, right? Okay. Let's let Bill talk here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Billy Miller's here with his Bible guy on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm getting a lesson in French. French. 
press coffee. We were talking about coffee. I'm going to try that. Try that. One out. of those. We, well, we were talking about highly spiritual things during the break. We were That's talking right. about coffee. That's right. It's uh, right next to the heart you of gotta God. Have I'm it. Certain. Not, so. Well, he gave it to us. <laughs> You're right about that. All right. So let, let's go back and pick up where you were at. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Right. You're talking. We were talking uh, about. Worldly warfare. We talk right. about World War right. II or DM one then, but now it's DMs. You know, like DM sixteen or right. whatever. M- so the point M4 there was eight or whatever. Right. They we went, we went from a large caliber round to a small caliber round, and the reason for that was that we we discovered that injuring people on the battlefield meant that other people had to be taken out of the battle to care for them. So Satan does desire to kill you, but what he would much rather have you do doing is just wallowing around in your sin and moaning and whining to everybody. That's what he really wants you doing. He really wants you uh, injured, spiritually injured and on the battlefield so that you take up a lot of time and resources of other people in an effort to help you. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, pastoring is what I do. Uh, I, that's I'm, I'm dealing with injured people all the time. That's just part of the job. But... Imagine how much more we could do if everybody who was who called themselves Christian was healthy and geared for spiritual war. Uh, nothing could stop us. Yeah. Nothing could stop us. Wearing the full armor of God. Right. But that is not the way the vast majority of Christians live their life. The vast majority of Christians live their life with a title and no power. They don't walk ar- they they walk around like they were just another part of the world. Um, you would have a hard time is, telling is them the from wor- the team. Is the worst the Christian who's been wounded, but it's been by friendly fire, and then they go out and tell everybody. Friendly fire is, uh, unfortunately, in this world, friendly fire is a real thing in the in the Christian world, and it is extraordinarily devastating because the world can look at the friendly fire that happens inside the church and go, "We well, are no different than everybody else. Y'all, y'all are attacking one another." You can't even decide on what holiness looks like. I mean, take a look at the church from the from the far left in the church to the far right in the church. Amazingly enough, looks a whole lot like the rest of the world. You you can go That's find not I guarantee good. You, you can go find a church that tells you abortion's perfectly okay. You, oh, you, there's, yeah. there are lots of them out there. You don't have any problem with it. You can go out there and find churches that say, "Hey, being openly and actively homosexual and serving God, quote unquote." are perfectly uh, congruent, that you can do both. No, nope, sorry, that's not what the Word of God says. You, but you can go right to the... You, you can find a church to support whatever your beliefs are, but that does not mean that church is sitting on the proper foundation. Okay, so let me ask this. Is this a big mis- And I think it is. A, a big mistake amongst believers in that they get most of their... God time, and by that I mean hearing what God has to say. You hear what God has to say through his word, okay? Correct. With the Holy Spirit, and he talks to you, and he he says, hey, you know, you got some problems in your life. Let's talk about them. He shows you the, the errors of your ways and whatever. But a lot of people, they don't believe, they believe more in what is said from behind the pulpit than what they what is said in in the scripture that's why if i ever go to a religious service and all i hear from the pastor is here's what i think what yep. i think yep. what i think and i never hear scripture quoted i don't go back yeah it's um it is unfortunately part and parcel to the dispensational uh replacement theology system that we find ourselves in um and, and 
very briefly, you have to understand that um, once Israel was out of the land in 70 AD, you had all of these prophecies about end time, the imminency of, of Christ, but a whole lot about Israel and being involved in that. And when there was no Israel, and it looked like there was never a possibility for there to be an Israel, suddenly pastors found themselves in a weird position. How do you deal with the fact that Christ could come at any second and yet, so many of the prophecies deal with Israel. And the way they solved that in trying to, quote, help God, end quote, is that they began to teach that the church was the replacement for Israel when we talk about prophecy. And that, of course, leads into this whole, um, not just prophecy, but eventually becomes everything. Anything that mentions Israel, well, that now means the church. And that's, that's replacement theology. That's what that's all about, that the church replaces Israel. Um, the problem with that is that was done out of man's arrogance, and as a result of having taught that for, oh, I don't know, say 1,800 years, the vast majority of Christians don't even realize that that is not true at all. It's the reason when, when, when uh, Pastor Scott and Pastor Steve and I are talking about prophecy stuff, we, we, we talk about the fact that Christ could not have returned before 1948. I'm sorry, it just couldn't have happened. Um, there, there had to be a nation of Israel. There had to be a people there to which... Christ was coming to save them. That is what that's all about. When we look at the end time events, it's Christ coming. They find themselves in a position where they cannot defend themselves, and Christ goes, okay, that's enough. I'm coming back for my people right now. I'm coming to defend them bodily right now. Um, that's, that, that is the nature of Scripture. But because we needed to help God, quote-unquote, and help fix, quote-unquote, prophecy, um, we began to teach this decoupling of Christianity, we, you know, Judeo-Christian. We began to, to decouple Christian from Judeo. And as a result, we have lost the foundation. Judaism just is the foundation. Judeo-Christianity when I was a young man, was always it was always talked that yeah, way. Judeo-Christian faith. Now it isn't. It is just Christian. Right. It's, 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 if the Judeo part doesn't exist, let me remind you one more time. Jesus was a Jew. Amen. He Amen. still is a Jew. And he's sitting on his throne. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's that thing. People are, well, uh, people talk about well we don't have to we don't have to do that stuff that the Jews came up with the Jews didn't come up with that <laughs> that no, was God's God law God gave it to them that, that was God's law matter of fact and that 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 portion that where we talk about God's law that's called the Torah and the Torah if we were to talk about it in English would be referred to as the Word the instructions and and when John talks about in the beginning was the Word the Torah he would have been saying in the beginning was Torah and Torah became flesh. What does that mean? It means the very word that spoke creation and created all those rules is Jesus Christ. The Torah in the flesh. That's what that's all about. So, yeah, let's talk about the, the God who came in flesh and, by the way, gave all those rules. And then, and then suddenly we're going to somehow try to interpret that to mean the rules don't apply anymore. I'm sorry, that's foolishness. Well, you know what? When God said murder and adultery are bad, what he meant was murder and adultery are bad. When he said, you shall not lay with a man the way you lay with a woman, he what he re- meant was, he really meant don't that. do it. He meant that. Absolutely. And, and, it wasn't and, a suggestion. And if you go look at the penalties put in place for that sort of stuff, he was pretty serious about it. What did he say? For a lot of those things, it was, hey, drag them outside of the, the city. Don't do it inside the town. Don't yeah. want the blood on the town. Drag them outside of the t- and throw rocks at them until they're done, until they stop twitching. I mean, it, let's just be real brutal about it. God's idea of the... Uh, the ugliness of sin is far, far more aggressive than our ideas of the, oh, well, he just can't help it. Yeah, he can. 
if if we still stoned people, I guarantee you he would find a way to keep his mouth shut about his sin. He would find a way to overcome his sin if we drug people out and stoned them. Now, for all of those that are getting upset and are going to write emails about, well, Brother Billy believes that we should be killing folks. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, uh, Jesus came to give it away out. But but the, the point there is God is very serious about sin. He's a uh, holy God. He is. He is holy. And the reason that he is so adamant about you getting under the blood and getting cleaned up from your sin is because what he he said, I have two great desires in life, in, in his eternal life. And one of those is to have us in his presence. But he also said, anything that is unholy that comes before me will be destroyed, utterly destroyed. So he needs you under the blood so that you don't have unholiness in your life, so you don't have sin in your life, so that when you come before him, he can let you come before him rather than having to wipe you out of creation. He doesn't see you. That's the point of the final sacrifice. He doesn't see you. Right. He sees his son's blood over you. Look, That's when, important when the books are open. You know, Revelation talks about the books being open. When the books are open and the accuser comes and goes, hey, here's the life of Billy Miller, and here's all the things he did that he shouldn't have done. And, and God looks at me and says, how do you respond? My only response can be the blood of Yeshua, the blood of Jesus Christ. Who will be standing right there, by yeah, the way. Talk to my lawyer. He's standing yeah. right here beside me. Yeah, he'll that, tell you. That is the only defense I have. Correct. There is no righteousness in me that is worth anything. All I can do is go, the blood of Yeshua. That is the only defense I have. Yes, I was was sinful. Yes, I did things I shouldn't have done. Uh, Yes, sin chased me all my life. But the blood. That is the only answer. That's the reason we take communion every week. But by the blood and body of Christ, I would be lost. If it had not been for the blood and body of Christ, I would be lost, eternally damned. And by the way, when you take communion, it's the last cup of Passover. It is in um, it's the it's the cup after it's the cup after the meal, and that's the reason Scripture says that. It says when he he took the cup after the meal, that cup has a name. That cup has a name. What it is, is it? it? Is the cup of redemption? Yeah, go well, figure. Go figure that there was some symbology all, in what he see, was doing. That's what's so great about learning about the Bible. And it, do you believe it or don't you? Yep. See, if you say I don't buy that, then you don't buy any of it. Right. Right. Because it's all tied together tightly. Yep. You start cutting a few fibers. What do you? What happens to your pants? Yep. Well, you get a hole in them, or maybe they fall down. They fall, yeah, they they leave you exposed. Yes, they, they sure do. Exposed, and so will your Christianity if you start trying to poke holes in it. All right, a break. We got to get a final break in. We got thir- <laughs> thirteen minutes to go. Great show today, Billy. Yes, sir. I turned you loose, let you preach a little yeah, bit. You got to like that a little bit. All right, it's Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one one FM, the answer. Going to finish it up for uh, this uh, Tuesday. And, Billy, thanks for coming in. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure to have you. Always happy to be like here. like to have Steve here. like to have Scott. Scott says he'll be back next week, all right? Uh, I don't know what he's up to, but I know it's up to good. That's what I do know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. I thought it was interesting talking to him after his, tre- uh, his trip over to what? Ireland. No, France. And uh, was, Italy. Italy. He was Italy. Italy. He was talking about, you know, that he saw... He saw a little bit of beating of the heart of the church. Yeah. 
yeah. while he was over there. It gave him it gave him hope. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. So what's going on with uh, uh, the, uh, the the his, the Hebraic side of uh, uh-huh. agape? And, yep. and let, let's I want to talk about because I mentioned this on Sunday at my small group and about about uh, tabernacles and yep. we just this, wrapped up tabernacles and I was talking about the water and and all of that and and about how Jesus said I'm the living water right and and that all of the things Christ did in his teaching the big things all right the big yep. things that they report on in the Bible happened during. Uh, festivals. Yep, 70%. Um, so when we look at everything that the Bible has to say about Jesus and what he was doing, um, 70% of that happens on one of the seven high holy days. Okay, uh, so the, if you're, you're listening and you're part of my uh, life group, 70%. Yep. I misspoke. <laughs> I'm, well, I could be misspeaking, but I'm fairly certain the number is seventy percent. So um, it is, and there's there's no that's it should not come as a surprise because the Old Testament tells us that God created um, these days. They're, they're called Moedim. Uh, they mean appointed times. That He created them for signs to us. They were meant to be a foreshadowing of the things to come. They were, they were meant to be kind of a down payment. Um, and is the reason when we look at, you know, what, what are the three fall feasts? Well, the first one involves letting us know that the king is coming. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the king coming. The, the second one um, looks at the fact that the king is going to judge us when he gets here. Well, we've got that promise, too. We, we see that uh, that promise. And then the, the last one, and the one that we just finished uh, here in the last 36 hours or so, which is Tabernacles, Sukkot, um, that looks forward to the, to the eternal dwelling of man with God. It is literally, when we go outside and we sleep in tents, we sleep in sukkahs, uh, we, we sleep outside, and the sleeping outside is to remind us that this place and the way it is right now is not meant to be our home. This is, this is something that is ephemeral and is passing away. This is not our home. This is not our home. We are just travelers here. We are not supposed to be um, you know, attached to this place because this is not the reality. Um, you know, I, I, I've said, and I really do, one of these days I'm going to make up the T-shirts that say on the front, he is not the product of my imagination. I am the product of his. Um, I am the product, and everything that you see here in the physical is the product of his imagination. This is not the real world. This is the world that is laying over the top of the real world that was created for us that we might have this um, something to interact with, that we might have something to, to tingle our five senses, if you will. Um, this was meant for us, and we royally messed it up. Mm-hmm. And he's coming back to fix it. But the holidays speak to all of these things. You know, Passover, because Christ was the the, the Passover lamb. Uh, first fruits, because he was the first fruit of the resurrected, etc., etc., etc. Every one of the holidays points to something that Messiah was going to do. Those in the spring have already been fulfilled. When he came the first time, we fully expect him to fulfill the, the three latter feasts when he comes next time. So I get super excited about them, particularly Tabernacles. Tabernacles is a week-long party. Uh, We partied pretty hard for for us. We partied pretty hard, uh, particularly over the weekend, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, It was a great time together. We sang and danced before the Lord and hung out together. We we were all camping up on the uh, Agape campus, so we were camping up there together and just hanging out and being family, just like God intended. Just like God intended. He intended us to share life together. All right. You and Steve. Yep. Because 
we can figure out when Christ was born. Yes. All right. That's it. It, it wasn't, as I told the group on Sunday, it wasn't December 25th. Uh, yes. That's not when his birth. That's a time that, as a culture, we remember yep. that Christ was born. All right. That, and that's not a bad thing. I'm glad we do. But I wish that we would switch our big celebration back to his actual birth time right right and so you guys kind of did that when did. Uh, you we got did. together and celebrated and you started singing christmas yes. carols so we had a worship night on uh, saturday night and we spent about three hours um singing and playing music and near the end of that time uh we switched over and did christmas carols for uh i don't know half an hour 45 minutes or so it's cool because it's uh, his birthday it, 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 it this is much it is much more likely that this is the time of year uh, we know it wasn't december the 25th but it is much more likely that it was this time of year uh, particularly when we see and we can we can do the math right there and steve's going through that math um, yeah we've done it here on the show we'll um, do it again before we get to christmas what what we what <laughs> yeah, yeah what you need to know about the math is that we can pretty definitively definitively um, declare that john was born right at uh passover and since we know that uh, Yeshua was six months later. That puts him coming in right at Tabernacles, and that makes sense with the whole, um, you know, what John had to say that he tabernacled among us. It, it would make sense that he tabernacled at Tabernacles. Uh, it, that would also require um, Joseph to have been in Jerusalem. We, we know that Joseph was in Jerusalem at the time, so we, it would have required him to be at Jerusalem. It's one of the um, feasts that you have to show up that all men are required to to appear in Jerusalem for, um, and. Tabernacles is interesting in that it is a seven-day feast that lasts eight days. And you go, wait, what? Yes, it is a seven-day feast, but there's an eighth day of the feast. And it, if Yeshua shows up on the first day of the feast, then he needs an eight-day. He needs eight days because he would have been circumcised on the eighth day. Uh-huh. So even the very length of the celebration appears to have been organized and orchestrated by God to fit the arrival of the Messiah. Go figure that God had a plan for everything he did. So it's it's a beautiful time of the year, and we sang uh, Christmas carols, and we did most of that a cappella, which was really awesome. We probably had 40 or 45 people there during that period of time. It's kind of what my brain says, uh, although I have slept since then. So it was beautiful. Um, it was when you spend that much time together and you're you're all sleeping outdoors, it, it everybody's a little tired and a little bleary eyed at that point. But it it's a um, it is an amazing celebration. It always we've now done this for a couple of years, and and it just it lightens my heart. This I I I come out of Tabernacles. Um, feeling light and feeling uh, great about the world uh, because I know what is to come for this world, um, looking forward to the day of the Messiah's return. But based on my personal eschatology, I go, drats, it wasn't this year. We'll have to wait until next year for the Messiah to come. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was it was a great time, and um, I, I look forward to, to doing it again next year already. I'm already looking forward to Tabernacles next year. So. All right. Billy Miller, you guys get together on Saturday. What time? One o'clock in the afternoon, and I'll be preaching and teaching on the Salt Covenant this week. Okay, so that's over at Agape. Which is 701 Napa Valley Drive. Don't forget, was it 10 o'clock on Sunday? 10 o'clock on Sunday. And that's when uh, Brother Scott will be preaching. Yes, sir. So he'll bring a message as well. Pick your... Uh, the old saying that it's not a negative thing. Pick your poison. <laughs> Pick your poison, yep. And, uh, you know, whether it's Billy... Or it's Scott, best thing you can do is make it both of them. Amen. All right. 
Time for us to break it out right now. I'll be back a final hour today. I've got a, a person who's running for school board in Cabot with us. Uh, Courtney will be with us to talk about uh, why she wants to be on the school board in Cabot, problems she sees with it, what she wants to try to do to fix it. And Billy Miller, thank you so much for sharing the time. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. Dave Ellswick, be back at 9 o'clock right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. away from election day uh we're a lot closer in fact less than a week away from early voting which starts the 24th let me remind you on that day at nine o'clock steve landers will join me here on the dave ellswick show and we'll talk to him about the mayoral campaign going on in little rock but another campaign that i've been interested in uh is of course in my own uh hometown of cabot and that is uh, that of school board and uh, you know that I've been bringing out some different things about the school board. I've been bringing out some different things about the uh, the superintendent in uh, in Cabot. And by the way, I, like I said, I've had a decent working relationship with Mr. Thurman for years. Uh, he's always taken my call. He's always talked to me about uh, if I have questions. He's got, he'll figure out an answer for me or whatever. So uh, I don't have anything personally against him except that I don't like his contract. And uh, we can talk about that on another occasion. But today I got Courtney Roldan on with me, and she is running for the school board of Cabot. And uh, what uh, – is it districts? There's different districts, right? It's a zone. A zone. zone one. Your zone one, and that encompasses what? So it's um, on the so around South Second Street. We go all the way to Kerr Station Road. Wow. Down uh, parts of 89. It's a pretty big area. It, that is. That's a large area. Yeah, it's over by Middle School South, and it's a lot of neighborhoods. Okay. Have you been out walking them? I have. <laughs> <laughs> have you gone through more than one pair of shoes yet? No, no. Um, you will. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot to do. I've got a lot of walking to do this week. All right. You get to, and you might want to do it before Saturday because they're saying some rain on Saturday. Yeah, I'm hoping to get a lot done after today. I, you know, can't today, but Wednesday I have a couple people helping me this week, so. Just know that if you get up early, it's going to be cold. I know. 27 degrees tomorrow. It was cold this morning. Yeah, it was cold this morning as well. I agree. All right. Well, I'm, I appreciate you 
giving us the time today because it's not an easy thing to make your way over here to Little Rock to sit in the studio with me because I asked candidates to do that. makes it easier to talk to them uh, face-to-face and not just over the telephone. So the, big, the first big question is always the same question for candidates, and that is why are you running for the school board? So I have several reasons why I'm running. Um, I have been a volunteer in Cabot School District for almost 10 years. I've talked to parents. I've talked to teachers. I know that there are there are issues, and I just think it's time that we have someone, a parent who is willing to reach out to other parents and really listen to see what they are dealing with. Um, I've heard a lot of stories the last few weeks and um, things that I hope that we can try to put into as far as bullying and things not being reported. And um, there's, I'm not willing to just pretend that Cabot is the best school district in the state. I mean, I know that there are issues in every district, but why don't we want to work on our own district and try to make it better for all the kids? And there is a very big lack of um, parent involvement or transparency, uh, you know, with parents. The school board is elected. Um, We should, they should want to hear our opinions and listen to what we have to say because in the end of the day, they're our kids. So let me just ask, does that mean that uh, at a school board meeting, you think parents should be able to speak at those school board meetings? Yes. Um, I know Cabot did change their policy Um, They still approve the topic, but even sitting at a school board meeting, you're not allowed to ask questions. Even teachers aren't allowed to ask questions. I mean, we just sit there, listen to what they say, and the superintendent asks if the school board has any questions, but not if the parents or the teachers or anyone in the audience has any questions. And I just, I see an issue with that, and a lot of parents do too. I'm hearing it every single time I talk to the parent. They think that is absolutely ridiculous too. All right. Because I'll tell you what, that is the number one, you know, issue that I hear about uh, when I'm talking to people. Between that and the masks, that, that's only about, that's about what everybody's been talking about now for several months in Cabot. Yes. Uh, we did. There, so there are a couple of school board members who did vote against the masks, but I... To me, that's just not, at this time, it's just not enough because why didn't they listen to parents and try harder to say, well, all, mo- the majority of the parents did not want masks. The majority of the teachers that I know did not agree with having masks. But there wasn't any school board members that really wanted to step up and say, okay, just because we're voting and we can make this decision, why are we not letting parents have more of a say in what decision we're making? Um, they did let us speak at a meeting, but at the end of the day, they still went the way that they wanted to, even though the people that showed up to speak against masks far outnumbered the ones who showed up to speak for them. So. Okay. So w- was it masks that that uh, kind of pushed you forward in, into this uh, running for school board? So the masks definitely um, made it to where I was seeing more issues that were kind of swept under the rug. They weren't allowing public comment. They don't allow questions. So that did kind of make me get a little bit more involved. But as far as what I didn't decide to run until 
um, three or four days before the filing period. I knew that I wanted change, and then it came out that there was no one running against my it, the current board member in my zone, and I have a few par- a few friends here in Plassey County that are, are running for office. One's running for school board, and I mean, they said that's what you got to do. But anyway, yeah, it's not going to change unless somebody steps up and wants to change it. How's your husband feel about this? He he supports me in whatever I do, mm-hmm. but <laughs> he does get a little because you know you get a little hate on Facebook and you get. Some people saying things that we know aren't true. He does get a little frustrated, and I think there's times when he's like, why <laughs> Why yeah. are we doing this? But he knows at the end of the day that I'm doing it because I truly believe that I can make a difference on the Cabot School Board, and he knows I'm going to do it if I truly believe in it. He's We've been married 14 years. He knows me well enough by now to know that if I see something, then I'm going to do what I can to try to change it. All right. Let's take a break. We get our first break in. Our guest is Courtney. Uh, Courtney is running for school board in Cabot. And, of course, uh, she wants to make sure that she gets your vote. Uh, Courtney Roldan is her name. Uh, Again, district what? Zone 1. Zone 1. Okay, zone. Okay, zone 1 is where she's running. Who are you running against? My opponent is Kevin Tipton. All right. All right. So keep that in mind. And... uh, you know, if, Mr. Tipton, if you want to come on, you call me. All right, we'll give you equal time. But uh, you got to call me. I'm not. I don't reach out for the most part. Easton Towing wants you to know that if you get caught on the side of the highway, that if your car breaks down, uh, let's say your uh, trailer that you're pulling your your boat with breaks down, or you you got a camper that you're pulling, uh, something happens with the hitch or whatever and uh, you're on the side of the road, you should call them because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they've got the answers. And if you have a really big, like, uh, you know, uh, driving camper, uh, they've got the, the, uh, the, uh, the mechanical ways of getting it off the side of the highway as well. Call East End Towing, uh, 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. 19 minutes after 9, and Courtney uh, Rodan is with us. She's running for Zone 1 school board position in Cabot. Uh, she, along with other candidates, will be at a uh, forum tonight. You said it starts at 630? Yes. And it's going to be at the new Veterans Center uh, there in Cabot. Yes. Okay, which is next to the workout center, is yeah. what I call it. Right by the community center. Yeah, with the basketball courts and everything you're at. And I just have to, might have to make my way over there to see what's going down. Yeah, I know that there will be uh, school board candidates, city council. Um, they invited anyone that was running for office in Lono County. So. Okay, so everybody. Yes. So, okay, so it's going to be a... Free for all tonight. Free free for all in Cabot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're supposed to have a moderator that has already got the questions. Okay. We do not know the questions, but somebody does. They, they, somebody knows what they're going to be. All right. So, Courtney, we talked about this, and you wanted to see more freedom of speech as far as it goes with the school board. And uh, you weren't thrilled with the way they handled the mask situation because there's a, a large... Uh, majority of uh, parents that 
did not like the mandates. Teachers didn't like the mandates. The students, of course, didn't like the mandates. But the school board, uh, going against scientific evidence, still said everybody's going to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't understand that, but that's that's what they said and i it it really ticked off a lot of people i do know that for a fact i talked to people about that and they were not happy it didn't my daughter my daughter's got still has a a daughter in high school there Mm -hmm. in cabot i've had another i've had two grandchildren graduate from cabot i had my old my youngest daughter i want to say oldest my youngest daughter graduated from uh, cabot and I'm going to be honest, though, it's, it's only been in the last maybe five, six years that I've, I believe that we've seen a falling off in academics and things of that nature at Cabot. Now, you say you've been doing this for 10 years. Are, are, is that what you're seeing as well? So I've been volunteering in the school district for 10 years. Um, I do believe in the last few years is when I started realizing that there had to be something going on for as many kids to need the extra reading help as they do um, and well you you shared a, a statistic with me uh, before we came on uh, I think it's almost 60 percent of the graduating students from Cabot if they go on to college have to take remedial classes because they're not up to snuff yes that is the statistic that I've found um, it's, we have an 89.2% graduation rate, but then almost 60% have to take remedial classes. So I'm not sure that we're really getting them where they need to be if they're having to go on to college and take remedial classes. They should, which is things that they should know before they get to college, really. Where do you think the problem is? Uh, what is the school board not doing that they could do? Well, I think that they... From what I've seen, and this is just my personal opinion and from being at school board meetings. Of course. um, There's a lot of, well, this is why, but it's really, it's more of a denying that there's a problem is what I've seen. Um, There's been, they showed some charts at a recent board meeting that showed that in third grade, you know, kids are reading fairly well where there should be, and it continuously goes down until 10th grade. We're at 30%. And... Only third, uh, only thirty percent of the tenth grade students read at grade level. Yes, thirty percent. Wow! And instead of having, well, this is why they say um, that they don't actually, they just don't seem to know why that is the case. But if they're <laughs> not, not looking good. into it, I mean, there's obviously a problem. If third grade, if in third grade your kids are reading. I think it was 60% maybe were reading on grade level, but in 10th grade you have 30%. I mean, there is definitely an issue there, and we have to quit pretending that there's not an issue and just try to figure it out because Cabot can be the best school district, but if we're just denying the problems, which I've seen done a lot, um, there's a lot of people that still believe that Cabot is the number one school in the dish, in the state, and that's just not the case. I mean, we wish it was, but unfortunately, that's not. Some people the truth. have us as low as 41st in the state. Yes. Others in the 20s. Yes. But neither neither of those scores are number one. Or even in the top 10. Yes. 
And to me, that's sad because when we moved here 14 years ago, it was because we'd heard so many good things about Cabot School District. Mm-hmm. And so I would love for us to be in the top 10 and number one. But if we're not willing to sit down and actually try to figure out the issues and try to solve that and make the changes that need to be made, then, I mean, we're not going to be in the top 10. So what do you do to, to change something like that? Is is it incumbent upon the, the school board then to perhaps draw the teachers in and sit down and talk to the teachers or talk to the the heads of the different departments at the high school or whatever and say what do we need to change this i can't say that they have not ever done that but i do believe that we the teachers should have the, a big say and i mean they should know what the problem well, they're is the ones that are teaching we trust them with our kids every day. So right. why doesn't our school board and our superintendent or whoever's in, you know, Aaron Randolph or whoever's in charge of curriculum, um, the teachers should have a stronger say in what curriculum we're using. And if they see an issue, they're with those kids every single day. They know where the curriculum is lacking. So we need to, uh, I believe, give the teachers a bigger say in what we're what is being taught and how it's being taught. I think that is one of the issues, personally. But full disclosure, you used to be—you've you, done substitute teaching. Yes, in, in the school for how many years? Uh, the last five years. Okay. Um, mainly at my daughter's elementary, just because I know all the teachers there, and I would just sub for them when they would need subs. Um, so. So you've you've developed a relationship with those teachers. Do they do they ever, you know, vent about what's going on? They have some. Some I don't think want to talk to me at the time, since I am running for school board. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they want to get involved and, you know. Don't maybe. want to put a bullseye on themselves. Exactly. So, um, but over the years, definitely there's been, you know, teachers have said things. And um, I know that Wit and Wisdom has really never been a great curriculum, according to a lot of teachers. Yeah, explain that. Uh, wit and wisdom so what is that it is the curriculum that's being used for um reading and um, literacy in cabot and from what i'm understanding and this is just from talking to teachers and um it we're focusing more on uh, remembering words or memorizing vocabulary and not enough time on phonological awareness so if the children do not know what the word's supposed to sound like. How can they read it? You can't learn to read by memorizing the words. And so I know some teachers, they still teach the way that they feel. I do know that. I think it depends on the teacher. But um, but the basis of it, we have to have curriculum that focuses on the science of reading. And there's words that sound too similar and so if you're just learning what the word says or you're memorizing the words you're not learning to read the words okay you want to be able to sound the word yes you, you know, have you, to know what they you, sound you need like. to know a c is a k yes. sound and, and things of that nature just to be you know those yeah. those type of things i mean you got to learn the basics you got to you got to crawl before you can walk yes and you got to walk before you can run I mean, it all builds on each other. Mm-hmm. And if you can't read, let me just tell you, if you can't read, that is the door that opens up 
all learning as far as I'm concerned. How can you read math problems or anything? I mean, you have to be able to read to move on and be successful in school. Yeah, and understand yes. what you're reading and your comprehension as well. Yeah. You know, and is that curriculum that you were talking about, and Wisdom, you're saying, mm-hmm. does, it, does it get into sociological kind of things as well? Instead of just teaching reading, is it is it used for other things as well? So I have been told by a teacher that I trust um, that critical race theory and things like that are incorporated into the wit and wisdom curriculum. Um, so I, I do believe her, but for myself, I have not seen it. Um, that's something I would like to... But you're teaching at lower levels. Maybe it doesn't start in the lower levels. Maybe it's middle school that they're starting it at. That would be my – I would guess that it's probably the higher grades that are learning those things. But, but yeah, like I said, I would like to research that more and kind of see for myself. Um, So – and if you're a school board me- member, I've got to uh, got to think that what you're saying is that you're going to look at the curriculum then. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break. we got a break. we got to get some news for everybody. Our guest is Courtney Roldan. She's running for school board in Cabot, Zone 1. And if you're liking what you're hearing, when you go to the polls here in three weeks, you'll punch the screen with her name. All right. So that... You know that uh, the person that you think will do the best job will be on the school board. I'm Dave Ellswick. We'll be back here after the news top of the hour. We've got to take a five-minute break. So if you've got to run, now it's time to do it. Then get back so you hear more of our, our conversation here on 101.1 FM. It is, of course, the answer. Back with you and back with my guest, Courtney Roldan, who's running in Zone 1 for school board in Cabot. So if you live up in the Cabot area, you're in her zone, you want to listen in, see what she's thinking and what uh, she's running on so that you'll have a good uh, feel about it. And again, for any candidates up there, we're down to three weeks left. And you want to get on the air, all you got to do is get a hold of me, uh, email me. Let's make it easy. Just email Dave at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com and say, Dave, I, I want to be on. I want to talk about my my run for uh, school board. I'll be happy uh, to bring you on and let you sit down just as Courtney has and, and talk about the issues that are going on in the Cabot School District. All right, so you mentioned at the very beginning that the masks and the freedom of speech issues were big issues for you and kind of, you know, it kind of pushed you forward and, and, and gave you the impetus that you needed to, to run for school board. Let me just ask this question. You know, sometimes, you know, 100 people can be at a school board meeting, sometimes even more. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to allow everybody to have their say, how would you go about doing that? Well, I think there is a way to make sure that everyone's heard in a timely manner. If we have a time limit, um, and like I know at the uh, board meeting when we spoke against masks, they had a sign-in sheet, and then you had a certain amount of time. I think they, I forget how long, but yeah, we were there for a couple hours, but at least everyone was heard and at the end of the day they're elected by us 
and they're our kids. And if there's that much passion and that many people that want to speak about one issue or whatever issues, then we should stay there and listen. All right. Now, they, they, they allow people to speak on the mask issue, but that that's the outliner, basically. Yes. It's typically not that way, correct? Uh, no, absolutely not. There's usually a few teachers and, you know, probably less than 20 people at most school board meetings. And they have changed the policy to you can fill out some papers and they can approve your topic and then you can speak and they give you three minutes. And I think three minutes... It's fine, but I don't know why we have to why they have to approve the topic. I think as long as you are not, you know, yelling, cussing and being unruly. Yes. Then if you have a real issue, you should be able to speak to the school board and not have to make sure that it's in quiet and that no one else knows about your issue because there are issues that whether we want to admit it or not, there are issues in Cabot that have been swept under the rug for years. And I believe that if what they What are some it, of those issues? I'll put you on the spot now. <laughs> what are some of those issues? Well, I'll be honest. I, bullying is one. The stories that you can he- see on Facebook, I've had people come up to me when I had a booth at Cabot Fest telling me stories about how they had to pull their kids because the bullying was so bad. and Literally took their kids out of school. Oh, Absolutely. Um, There was actually a teacher. He is a teacher in Pulaski County. He lives in Cabot, and he has his kids in a private school because he doesn't want to put his kids in Cabot schools. Um, And those are facts that were said to me. So, um, And I've heard more than one story about sexual harassment happening happening and not being talked about and addressed and possibly not reported. I don't want to accuse, but from what I'm hearing... It's not, it's really a sad situation. And I mean, there are parents who have said to me, this happened to my kid and they were not protected. And that's not something that should ever happen. So, all right. So now, now let's work into some of the, the areas that we're seeing happen across the United States. And you tell me if they're happening in the Cabot School District or if you're aware of any of it. The whole pronoun thing. Is that, is that, that happening in, in the Cabot school system? I believe so. I know that I've had someone tell me that on the first day of a certain class, they were asked, what pronoun would you like to use? And also, as a sub, at, at, the junior, at one of the junior highs, I was told, when I was just going by the attendance sheet, I was told, oh, well, you better not call them by that name because they don't identify as that. They identify as... Um, a female and this is their name but so those are the two instances that I know of but I'm sure junior high and up they're probably it's probably a little bit more going on than we know that's kind of stuff that is I mean the parents are kind of kept out of the the circle on that stuff are they not see that's what I don't know I don't know if Cabot is one that's not telling parents that or if they're doing that because the parents are requesting that. That's what mm. I don't know. Okay. So right. I can't say. When you that. find out, you come back on and tell us? I will. All right. Uh, I mean, we all saw the fight that occurred last week. Fight is maybe a too too strong of a word. But we saw the Conway School Board hold a public hearing. And uh, it was it was 
you know that they they got some difficult uh, people show up absolutely and it was de- it's, it was dealing with this whole gender issue and they said hey look here's here's what the rules are boys if they're a boy by sex they use a boy's restroom if they're a girl by sex they use a girl's restroom if they're on a trip and they're going to stay overnight which i didn't even know schools did that any i guess at some all. do i don't I know that Cabot does for I know that fifth grade go usually go on um, space camp trip and mm-hmm. it is overnight. But um, like my son, when he was going to go, because I am a female, I wouldn't be able to be the chaperone for his uh, him at all. Yeah. He would have to be with a male. other boys. And, yes. Okay. So on right. men, men chaperones. I do know that Cabot has had that in place. Now, whether or not that's changed, he's in eighth grade now, so I don't know what's changed since then. But okay. So about bottom line, and, and you made mention of this to me because I, I sit down and talk to people before you come on. I want to mm-hmm. kind of know where they're at so that I can direct my questions. And uh, you said that uh, if it's been a way a certain way it stayed that way uh, basically yeah i don't necessarily think that conway changed anything they basically just are enforcing what has always been the rule um if you're a male you go to the male restroom if you're a female you go to the female restroom that's always been the case um conway just put it in writing i guess um and like you said i believe a lot of school districts are eventually going to have to make that decision as where they whether they enforce it or whether they don't. So I hope that Cabot enforces that. And if I'm on the board, I will definitely, because I have a daughter and I have a son, and neither one of them should have to worry about being in the restroom with someone that's not the same sex as them. All right. We're going to take another break. We've got one final break to do. Let's do that. We'll get it out of the way. Then we'll come back and finish up our uh, our uh, conversation with Courtney here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about ICU protection. I've got them at my house. I've got uh, uh, sensors on all my doors and my windows. i got some cameras at my house. Uh, you think you can sneak up on me? But you can't. I'm just telling you. And, uh, you know, Billy Mack can do a good job for you. I mean, this is a company that does the uh, security for Nuke One. And uh, I don't have a nuclear reactor sitting in my front yard. So uh, if they can do that out at Russellville, they can do it for my my house or my business. They do both businesses and they do homes. The securities, alarms, the monitoring, all of that with ICU protection. Know this. You'll pay for the service, okay? You pay for the service, which is a very reasonable cost. Uh, And... You won't pay for the hardware. Whatever they put on your home that uh, you want for your house, you own it then. They don't own it. You own it. It's yours. And uh, all you have to pay is for the service being given to you. So talk to Billy Mack, the owner. He'll take good care of you or one of his associates. 501-205-1333. I mean, they're in Conway. They're in Bryant. They're in Benton. They're up in Searcy now. They're all over. And Billy Mack, I'm just telling you, he does the job, and he does it right. 501-205-1333. Use the uh, protection I do. That's ICU protection. Uh, our final segment with uh, Courtney Roldan. We're going to have another uh, candidate on tomorrow uh, for uh, the Cabot School Board, and Laura uh, 
McNeil. McNeil, thank you. I was going to say McBride, and I knew that wasn't right. Uh, McNeil will be on with us. I don't. Know, do you know what zone she's running in? Zone two. Okay, so she's running in zone two. She's going to be on with us tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And let me make my case one more time. If you're running for an office and you'd like to be here on the show, you want to come in, you want to let people know what you're believing in, uh, all you got to do is email me at dave at salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com, and I'll work to get you on the air so that you can uh, let people know uh, what it is that you're running for and why you're running for it and some of the issues that had got you to run and things of that nature so um, feel free send me an email i'm looking forward to hearing from you all right so courtney's going to be on here now with us until the top of the hour so we've got just about got about 10 minutes here to finish up really it's about eight when you consider then i got to play the outro and all that kind of stuff so with that in mind uh, you've been out burning a little bit of shoe leather. You've been going walking through your uh, your zone. Yes. Did you did you did you know there was that many houses? No, <laughs> there's so many. There's you just finish one street and then you just look and there's just so many. It's a lot of work. Do you have some people helping you? I have had some. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Are you looking for people is, to help you? If hey. Between now and Friday, I would love to have help. I have a 10-year-old daughter who she'll ride her electric scooter, Mm -hmm. and she is the icebreaker. She always helps me. Okay. And she just likes to talk to the people and their dogs. All right. So bottom line is, Courtney, if you would want to burn some shoe leather for her, how do they get a hold of you? I have a Facebook page, and I have... Uh, my email is CourtneyRoldan14 at Gmail, and I would be happy to have the help. So. Okay. So, Courtney Roldan, that's R-O-L-D-A-N. Yes. Okay. 14, did you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. At? Gmail. Gmail.com. And you can say, yo, hey, Courtney, I'd like to help you out. I'd like to get involved with this. Or uh, you can, you know, you can go on our Facebook page and and contact her there. And my but, Facebook page is uh, Courtney for Cabot. Okay. Courtney for Cabot. Uh, good. That's a nice, easy thing to remember. I like that a lot. So as you go, this is the fun part, I believe, of running for office is knocking on doors and talking to people. And what are, what are you hearing from people? Do they have, do they have, do most people have uh, questions about the Cabot school system? Some do. A lot are just, um, they're ready for change, and they are definitely surprised when they find out that you're not allowed to ask questions at school board meetings. And I haven't had anyone agree with the new policy that you have to have your topic approved five days before the board meeting to be able to speak. Um, Those are the two things that I've, a lot of people have um, mentioned that they do not agree with. And so, but uh, several, I've had many say, if you're running against the incumbent because we need new people on the school board, we're ready for people to listen to parents. Um, that's what I'm hearing. All right. Well, th- I think you're running at the perfect time. I mean, they're not just having a school board election, which people abysmally turn out to vote for. 
uh, you're going to be in the general. It's off mm-hmm. it, now. It's it's not a presidential year, but it is a governor's year. Uh, and uh, this is an opportunity for uh, people to make those changes. So more people are going to go out to the polls and vote this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you? do you know where you're appearing on the ballot? I won the ballot draw, so I'm the first name on the ballot. Okay. That's good. That's yeah. a good thing. That you're right there at the top, and people can see you. All right. So uh, if you're looking for change, you've heard what Courtney has talked about, about the, the Cabot School District. She believes, and uh, you, you stop me if I say anything wrong, that you believe that uh, you, you need positive change, that the school system has not continued moving up with how their kids are doing in school and things of that nature. Well, you said, what did you say, 30% read at, at grade level in the 10th grade? Yes. That's, that's not good. Uh, I, I, I think everybody will agree with me. I'm not uh, saying something that you're probably not thinking. That's not good. It Definitely is not. not. You, you, want, you want 60, 70% reading at grade. In fact, you'd want 80 or 90, but if we could get up to 70, we'd be heads and shoulders above most school districts. Yes. In the state and in perhaps the United States. But you don't believe it's going to happen if they keep the curriculum wit and wisdom, correct? Correct. Okay. And we've heard some of the problems with wit and wisdom. And I think I'm going to have some people on in the in the future to talk specifically about that curriculum so that people can understand what exactly is going on there. Well, you know, we're just about out of time. Out of time. Your kids are kind of, are they kind of cool with this whole thing that mom's running for the school board? Now, let me guess. Your daughter is, your son may not be. Well, my daughter is, and my son is coming around. At first, he was like, oh, my goodness, mom. Um, And then people would say, mom, is your mom's last name, or is your mom's name Courtney? And he said, yeah, why? Oh, I saw her sign. And he would get embarrassed, but now I think he is, mom. I'm proud of you. I hope you win. Oh, good. So, and my daughter wants me to win because she said that – she's 10. She said the other day, Mom, you really need to win school board so that when people start a fight, the person who starts the fight gets in trouble, not the person that didn't start it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that out of the mouth of babes. I'm just saying, you know, I, I've never understood this whole policy of if, a, if, if some kid, you know, pushes another kid into a fight, literally, you know – uh, that you can't defend yourself. That's just not the American way. No. And it, it shouldn't be that way. And if you're a principal or a, and you say, well, you be the one that comes over here and figures it out, uh, that's your job. <laughs> I'm just exactly. sorry. That is your job to do that. I appreciate you coming by. Well, thank you Seriously, for seriously do. And go Panthers, by the way. They got yeah. a good season going right now. They do. Yeah. But they haven't played Benton yet, have they? I don't think so. Okay, well, they're going to have to play Benton. (laughs) (laughs) Benton's pretty good this year. Benton's been pretty good uh, for for several years now. But that big win over Conway, that was a huge win for the Fred Cabot football program. It really, really, really was. All right. Anything anything else that you would like to say? No. Just make sure you get out and vote and know who you're voting for. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to let you just kind of sit there for a moment if you don't mind, and then uh, I'm going to say a few more things here. I've been talking about issue four, the issue dealing with uh, marijuana, 
Yeah, Arkansas adult use cannabis amendment. And there's a lot about it that you don't know about because they're not talking about it. Uh, They're trying to do smoke and mirrors on you. If you've seen the ads on TV, it's like, if you believe in the police, you want to legalize marijuana. Uh, That's what they're trying to do at this time. Uh, Bottom line, know some of the things that are on here. Uh, You've got a problem here where you don't know how much THC is going to be in the edibles. Uh, They'll be the ones that determine that. The legislature will have no say in that, and uh, that's not good uh, dealing with that. Uh, let's just talk about some of the things that, that marijuana does. And this is all scientific evidence on the harm that's caused by marijuana. Uh, number one, the biggest issue you got to remember, if you're like me, you grew up in uh, the, the early 70s, and marijuana was being smoked by a lot of people. The marijuana smoked then is not like the marijuana that's being smoked now. It's hybrid stuff. It's been, uh, you know, biologists or botanists, pardon me, have worked on it and uh, up the THC level and whatnot. And uh, you got to be aware of that. Approximately one in ten people right now use marijuana. Three out of ten people who use marijuana develop a marijuana use disorder in which they try and fail to stop using marijuana, even when it causes them health and social uh, problems. It might not be a physiological, uh, but it might be a psychological addiction to it. Adults who consume food or drinks laced with high concentrations of THC can experience marijuana poisoning. I don't like that they can go out and sell it and make it look, uh, you know, fun for young people under 18 or kids that are 10, 11 years old. Looks like Skittles or something. And then they eat it not knowing that it's got THC in it. I'm not thrilled about that either. Uh, but uh, my, my, my whole idea is that you vote no on issue four. All right, done with the time today. Tomorrow we'll be uh, talking to the congressman, Hill and Westerman. They'll be on with us. And we'll talk to uh, Harding University about a new degree program. Going to have that, have them on to talk about that in the 9 o'clock hour. Another person running for the Cabot School Board will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Until then, have a great afternoon. Have an even better evening. Don't forget about the 6.30 meeting over at the Veterans Center uh, to hear all the candidates from Cabot. I'm Dave Ellswick. Have a great day. I'll be back at 6 a.m. in the morning. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.